This is a Rooster Teeth production. Emotions run high this week, and we see a blob monster. Mm. Is it cute? <laughs> Find out more. Is it? <laughs> is it cute? <laughs> Probably not, but we'll discuss. I don't like how you guys don't think it's cute. It was screaming with its <laughs> eyes bulging open. I don't open. know why you think it is. So, so do babies. What do babies do? It's a baby is cute. I never merged eight babies' faces together and died You never green. tried. Yeah, because it's a crime. <laughs> welcome to welcome to unlock. <laughs> let's let's get it started. <laughs> welcome back to Unlock, the companion podcast for Genlock. Today we're talking about episode four. I'm Blaine Gibson, a voice actor for Sinclair and one of the hosts of the show, and I'm joined by two of my friends. Hello, I'm Denise Rodriguez, also known as Cypher Den on the internet, and we also have... Uh, hello, I am Curtis Richardson, a.k.a. Kurt Ritchie, and welcome to Unlocked, the Genlock Companion Podcast. Woo-woo. Welcome. Yeah, We're all welcome. so kind welcome. about introducing each other. We're just like, and I'm joined by... Oh, we don't <laughs> hot see... potato, hot potato! We don't, we don't want to spoil the other person's name. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're gonna be talking uh, about episode four, doing a little recap, um, some ideas and, and uh, of you know, theories of where the mm -hmm. show is gonna be going after this, and then we also are gonna be doing some awesome interviews. So uh, yeah. let's get into that recap, guys. Uh, oh. Start with a little oh. flashback with Val. Yes. Back at the bar. I like Val's approach to things. A little bit of violence here and there. I I'm with it. I'm yeah. with it. Well, uh, flashing forward, you know, we were joining Val and Kazu as they're continuing to talk about, mm -hmm. you know, Kazu's avatar and, and, and its representation as yeah. a, a female and what that means mm -hmm. with the subconscious. Yeah. Can I geek out real quick? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say major props to the, the storyboard artist, the animation department. There was like a scene in the that beginning when they're like coming out of their hangover. There's mm -hmm. Val's big ass knife in between them, and then there's Kazu, and I just thought that was just like there's this. Really good shot. Yeah, and there's just that like divide between them before they get close and just bond, I guess. And it's just <laughs> ah, I I just really like that scene. Yeah, it was it was kind of wild to. I, I'm glad they went deeper into um uh Kazu's uh whole idea of representation of himself. Uh, and his utter rejection of it, um, mm -hmm. which I mean, which we come to realize is more so along the lines that he sees him. He sees he sees not opening or opening himself up to be feminine, which, again, mm -hmm. real walking down the toxic masculinity culture there but we're slowly breaking it down so uh good on kazu i guess yeah and speaking of understanding i thought uh val's character was really cool it seemed like something that val had also been through and was very understanding and kind of guiding kazu through this uh you know identity yeah. uh thing that he's going through but um mm -hmm. yeah. does open up to a pretty steamy scene later on in the show <laughs> yeah hey yo Woo! We're, we're, yeah, the last two episodes, we have been chugging along on the don't put this on the TV uh, train. <laughs> don't put watch this, this on your parents' TV train. On your on your iPhone, uh, yeah. hidden away from your, yeah, your watch parents. It, yeah, watch it on your phone, yo. Watch yes, it on the computer. Yes, but also I would like to say it was very artistic. It was No, it was very mm. artistic. 
colors and everything. I was like, I'm looking, but also. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> oh, no, for real, though. For real. <laughs> That, this whole episode is just kind of about their relationship and getting to the the you know bottom of what Kazu's going through. Really getting um, to the bottom, if you know what I'm saying. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, I'm but sorry, it seems I like he to. had some pretty interesting uh, opinions towards his dad, and you know mm. his his yeah. what he felt was that it, it, what it was like to be a man, and mm. um, you know we saw a couple flashbacks, which is a cool. I think that's a cool storytelling device as well, is because. Mm. It's not just a narrative storytelling device that the audience is seeing. It's these characters mm -hmm. sharing memories and then taking each other back to to show yeah. what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like that's um, so deep. Like getting to, mm -hmm. I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to experience a memory like that, especially a mm -hmm. bad one, because you take that on as like it happened to you. Like you were yeah. like, I think of like any memory you have, but identifying like that actually never happened, but you feel yeah. that same pain. That, that's crazy so they have to be truly emotionally connected to be able to do that oh yeah yeah now kazu has definitely grown since season one because kazu in the beginning was he's just jumping into battles like head on no care about the others but now he's like waiting for people to help helping out this out mm -hmm. and just growing as a character completely and i think that's why i like what they've done with season one and season two is they've let us have this big idea of the group in the beginning mm. and then season two they're like these are the characters you've grown to love mm -hmm. these are the baggages that they're unloading on you mm -hmm. yeah yeah been a lot of depth to these characters mm -hmm. and it's, it's been a really yeah. fun ride um mm -hmm. and it's a it's gonna result in a little bit of heartbreak because the more invested you get into these characters the more yeah. You fear for their well-being, but we'll yeah. get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but back to to Chase. Oh, he's having a, he's on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, Val and Kaz are having a great time. Yes. He's having a great time. Chase Wayne, is not having it. <laughs> Yo, uh, yeah. So the, yeah, the door is uh, got a little bit more explored, and while people are uh, opening uh, some doors down there. He's opening the one in his head. Uh, thank you. And man, what pops out is, well, as a lot of us guessed, um, like a form of nemesis, which is him. Yeah. Um, but he's like an organic nemesis. It was yeah, like, it yeah, wasn't yeah. the hull on. It was like an actual demon well, like, thing. Yeah, form of nemesis. Now Sweet. I got to, now it like, I watched this scene three times because I was like, I got to, because, you know, Nemesis has that gravelly voice. So I was, like, trying to really decipher what he was saying. And he was like, yo, it was something along the lines of uh, you have to come in. Like, here, I'm going to come in. You have to come into this room with me. But a lot more mean and aggressive mm. and murdery than I just said it. <laughs> and he grabs him by the by the head and starts dragging him into the room. Of course, naturally, Chase uh, isn't feeling it. Um, grabbing so. it like a chair anything he can because yeah, he doesn't want to yeah. go into that thing stabs him in the hand reasonable reaction um yeah but i mean slight theory i'm i mm -hmm. really think he part of me thinks i could be completely off base part of me thinks he does need to go in there if he really does really? to visit that dark spice yeah I, I, yeah i thought it was just by the way it was getting cut right it was cutting back and forth from kazu and bell Mm. and literally chase like opening his door i thought it was more so opening up to his teammates from what i got 
Because while he was defending himself from the big bad monster, he used Val's knife and yeah. then he also picked up Kazu's guitar to fight off the monster. Mm-hmm. So it's like those items are there for him to use, but he's just not using his teammate as his back support. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's a that's a good observation Um, is that he needs to open up to them in order to open up himself. But... I, I I find it interesting though because I I uh, again I think he needs to I think he does need to go in there but because the mindscape is him mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. a problem it's him it's his it's brain his coming it's a part of him it's a part mm-hmm. of him and I think they used Kazu's like a Kazu situation to help ex- like explain that so when we get to chase yeah. this is a thing you are doing to yourself mm-hmm. and he doesn't open the door out of man i want to understand myself i want he's like getting irritated with it yeah and like although progress he i i think fighting it might be a problem although it did come out come at him swinging pretty aggro not the the friendliest thing you know but pretty scary looking too (laughs) yeah it's pretty scary looking so i mean it's pretty understandable but but part of me feels like he'll have to go in that door properly and confront it maybe it, at the very whether it be to an understanding or to destroy it i'm not sure yeah but he needs that yeah. he needs to go in there properly maybe it'll be the with the help of his friends like, like i like mentioned i like the idea that they, that din proposed where mm. it's he they, they already has the support of his friends mm. without them actually being there by using those weapons that are mm. provided by his friends but can you imagine mm. how much more successful he would be if he just embraced Actually, his friendships yeah. brought them yeah. with him and they were just like opened up to them because you know going mm-hmm. back it's like everybody needs to just talk it out it's working out for kazu mm-hmm. and val if chase was just like guys i got this huge problem to deal with i, I need y'all's help he'd probably mm-hmm. have a lot easier time than because he looks he, dude take a nap chase you, you're tired yeah, bro. yeah he yeah. looked awful i'm like everyone's <laughs> like are you okay it's like i'm fine i'm like you, my boy you're you are in immense pain <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Look at you, dog. Chase is after like a, a video upload. He's like, I haven't slept yeah, in days. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, yeah. That's it. No, I feel that. He, yeah, he's clearly not doing well, but I, I think him connecting with everyone will mm. be what he needs. Like, yeah, he, yeah. It's it's the therapy we've been talking of. They could go into your brain, yo. Yeah. If yeah. only like Val and Kazu had a great breakthrough, <laughs> like mm-hmm. quite literally. Yeah. Well, so after that whole sequence, you know, cutting back and forth between uh, Kazu and Val and their fun mm-hmm. time, and then, you know, Chase dealing with his literal itter demon that he fights off, but only temporarily, because it seems mm-hmm. like that is unfinished business. Uh, back in the real world, R&R is over. Looks like we're going to be going in for a fight. Um, taking back yeah. the anvil. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, I was yeah. surprised. I'm like, oh, they're bringing him back out into the, the field. This can only go well. it it pains me because i kind of knew what was happening they gave kazu like a bunch of lines a a big dynamic like break Mm. character breakthrough and you know when that happens it shows it no yeah do never (laughs) solve your problems especially in the middle of the season you can never be happy (laughs) in a season (laughs) never be happy Never become a complete person in the middle of a show because you're done yeah. for. It's over. Yeah. So uh, all our, our illusions aside, uh, like like at the end of the fight, Kazu gets stabbed. Is uh, Alon gets stabbed? Um, My face the whole yeah. time was like. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, I knew it. No. Like, I was, no. I was, I was heated. Um, yeah, such a bummer yeah. too. Because and then I, I remember like Val was like lost it. I think no, it was Yaz had the biggest Yaz. scream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just like guttural, awful scream. Like you know, they lost a friend. I mean, but also yeah. going back to what we're talking about, you know, these guys have these crossed over memories and stuff, and despite you know the 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 weird you know crossing over and sharing of memories mm. and all that how it felt like that's a literal part of them died you know they have yeah. Kazu's memories and they learned uh, Japanese from him and now he's I just, didn't even uh, think about that uh, yeah literally like uh, like you are a part of him is in you uh, a, a, a literal part in Val uh, uh, but a part, <laughs> a part I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but a part of him is like in them because of the memory. Like they remember his life like it was mm -hmm. like it was their theirs. Own. Yeah. And to see that source of it gone, like I can only imagine that level of despair. They yeah. wrote it so beautifully, like him putting his hands out for Yaz and then beats him away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that was. Nah. <laughs> I mean, outside of that, that battle was insane. Like it was dark from the beginning because you know they showed up and like I remember season one, the anvil was like you know up in the mountains and it's beautiful mm -hmm. grass and mountains and green birds chirping. Mm -hmm. There was like literal fire tornadoes and like yeah. like <laughs> the holons are like climbing out of the ground like zombies, like yeah, dead it people. Was, yeah, it's a stark contrast from what it was before. Um, yeah. And it was a it was a good opportunity for the union to kind of uh, convince uh, homegirl too of Dr. what was going ja. on. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you see that, and they just pretty much they activated the hammer and just went, "Yeah, go ahead, and our troops completely." Yeah. And I'm like, "Wait, uh, really?" Especially Wait, really? when when. Uh, they were about to like they ascend all of them i think is what yeah, yeah. brother tate, tate said <laughs> and, yes brother and tate. like he was gonna take like all of these guys that he doesn't even like up to heaven and then they like cut them in half with the hammer and all that oh yeah, yeah. it's like because it, all i can think about is like on one end brother like brother tate sees this <laughs> as as the positive he sees it as a mercy he's like you know what take everyone take yeah. everyone yeah. to heaven and then, and then the the um the polity necess doesn't necessarily sees it as, yo, they're converting everyone into more of them, and this is a terrible death. I would much rather them be gone, the other way. So again, I I come to this point where I'm like, I I get both sides, but not happy yeah. with either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I it's it's rough stuff because. Miranda was also the one that ultimately made the call, which is really mm. messed up when you have that one shot of Jody realizing, oh, I'm about to die. Like, bye-bye, Jody. Jody had a terrible go of it this entire season. Yeah. <laughs> a terrible go of it. Poor uh, Jody. Yeah, uh, that wasn't, yeah. That, 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 whole, that whole scene really kind of... Um, told the story of what's been happening here um both sides coming to although although the polity winning both mm -hmm. sides have, are doing these ethical things or unethical things that they still believe to be within their ethics in the reason for their 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 reasonings and their ideology mm -hmm. and their war 
it's not there's no winners truly here yeah no one's winning like well, although the no. potty's winning but <sighs> at what cost <laughs> oh no like back to when we were talking about at the beginning of each episode they show like that strategic map of the united states and like mm -hmm. it's it's almost like 50 50 yeah. divide mm -hmm. yeah. or uh, uh, polity and union yeah they they sweeping them well, yeah. dude, I mean, how could yeah. they not when those Holons are just like climbing over everything? Like, yeah, <laughs> dude. and explode it like it literally is just a bunch of strategic bombs uh, going in. Um, and everyone, everyone, although it was a, a it was a bittersweet, the bitterest of sweet victories uh, for everyone. Um, and the whole team. For who, Kurt? For who? We lost Kazu. <laughs> yeah, and no one was happy. Cammy really and Jody was not. <laughs> happy oh, oh yeah we lost jody you no know, dan you don't have to fake your, your love for, uh, for jody it's okay the way he awkwardly grabbed miranda's boob last episode we yeah. <laughs> he was trying what a again terrible go of it an awful time he had an awful time uh oh rest in oh peace jody All right. uh, uh, but yeah no kurt you mentioned it cammy cammy pieces out She's yeah, like, I don't want any of this anymore. After yeah, after seeing all the death and destruction, she just straight up leaves. I thought she at the very yeah. least she was gonna look at Kazu's body and be nah, like, oh she, no, but no, she ran. She, she dipped. She dipped. Yeah. She was done. Yeah. Um yeah. That was I can't I can't blame her though. It it <sighs> was interesting because the beginning of the fight, they all like get into their their suit, right? And Yaz goes, I'm not gonna lose her. Cammy goes, I'm done after this war. Kazu and Val goes to the end of the war, right? Yeah. And then literally chases just door, door behind him. Oh. So it just shows how where everyone is right before going into the fight. Yeah, that hits. Um, it does. That hits. And, and the worst part is the end of the episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, Cammy's bad. It's the bad ugly green eight-faced cherry on top of this awful time I they were kind of cute you know like no. really bad photoshop then then no <laughs> <You> sure <laughs> we're not gonna do that we're not gonna you can do have like that. a cute little blob monster <laughs> that blob monster was awful we had we it, had calababy we had all of cammy's bunny rabbits and then now you're trying to promote the blob monster we, you know you gotta really love moving, all sorts of form of life really moving the goalpost here <laughs> on what's cute it's um, also like eyes bulging every mouth screaming just like ah and then like ah, they're literally like jumping me. on things to explode themselves yeah like oh, now awful. i it's just like now i understand while they're so up to die it's because they want to die yeah that because they're too cute right yeah they're too cute yeah oh, they man. can't stand yeah, their sure. own cuteness i get it uh, <laughs> you know what? let's say that regardless they are they don't seem too happy about existing and chase got a good glance at what they were i mean i thought i thought it was like a like just a legit copy but it was just an amalgamation like a like a homunculus type of like artificial human like a bunch yeah. of them mixed together yeah. Like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> they really didn't choose which parts of them are going to be a part of this super cute blob monster, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that's... you think it's cute. I'm glad you know you're what? finding yeah. happiness in this awful, awful yeah. creature. You know what? 
Good it's for just, you, Dan. It's just yeah. me Good masking my pain from Kazu's being, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just internally sad. I mean, that thing killed Kazu. <laughs> you, how you, you feel about you know, that? You know what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. That is, you know, that is the thing that killed Kazu. Wait, no, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, well, the nemesis it monster. Was, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's like, always consider that like a version of that. Like, the, it is a copy, and those are copies of the people. I'm sure, I'm sure these are like. A bunch of mixes but a copy of a person is what's doing the the awful stuff yeah it's kind of like, oh, no. like when you have clay right and you have like all the different colors and then you put it together it's like this gross like color black gray like, yeah. yeah what is what is blue green red purple orange and tan all made it's just <laughs> gross. Gross. well where do you think it's gonna be going from from here i mean it, it seems like Bruh. <laughs> the polity is definitely getting the upper hand in their fight against the union, especially employing those like horrifying globby Holon creatures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it seems like the hammer is also super effective in destroying the the, the smoke. Yeah. So I mean, do you think that the the polity is gonna win it out? I mean, the polity uh. is clearly on pace to do this, especially since they've hit the halfway point here, um, and the and the union hasn't done anything really to get an upper hand except except totally forgot to mention this um uh brother tate upon leaving uh the uh what's the name of the the, the, the anvil yeah no, the anvil. upon upon leaving the anvil leaves uh, a ring with a certain little uh hollow recording on there oh uh, yeah uh, the the Mars reveal. So yeah, the dream. It, it was a welcome home gift to uh, General Marine, right? Uh, yeah. So I I guess I had I didn't realize that Marine was not privy to that information. I just assumed she was in on all of it. So, wow. Mm. I, I wonder what that's gonna do to do to her. I yeah. I and I and I'm hoping like not everyone finds out at least at the beginning. Like there there's already a, uh, an immense amount of despair. Everyone has kind of lost something and yeah the show is set up that the oh wait no now there's more to lose what are you talking about <laughs> yeah uh so i don't know where you like where do they go from here uh i think right now everyone's probably gonna have time like gonna go into mourning i don't think anyone's gonna be that excited to fight we go right back now. to vegas like especially because they <laughs> came the one time they came to fight one of them died. <sighs> yeah. No one's having a good time of it. <laughs> Yo. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm very curious to see what next steps are. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go to New Zealand with uh, Sinclair, Sinclair's group. I feel like <laughs> running away is a good solution after. Yeah, running away. You know. Running away is a solid solution to your problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no... I don't disagree. That's the lesson of this episode. Run away from your problems and your Run fears. Run away from your problems. It solves I, everything. If anything, if anything, yeah, if anything, it's made me realize there is no solution to your problems and fears. It will get worse, probably. 
Well, um, we do have some interviews lined up, so we can uh, we can talk note. to other people <laughs> about the emotions that we're feeling. Um, we we unload our baggages on them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we actually have an interview with uh, one of the writers, the writer of this actual episode, uh, Crystal mm -hmm. Peluso. So yes. let's uh, see that. Today, I have joined with me the episode four writer, Crystal Peluso, uh, who is a, the source of a lot of my pain currently after having seen episode four. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good and I love to hear it. I'm sorry for yes. your pain, but I love to hear it. Yeah, it's a, it means you did your job well <laughs> yes. that I'm hurting right now. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so first things first, uh, you mind telling us about yourself and how you became a screenwriter uh, and how you got involved with Genlock? Sure, so as you yeah. said, I'm Crystal Peluso. I'm a screenwriter. Um, I like to start with like in my free time in case anyone cares about that. Um, I like to surf, Please. I like to read. Ooh. I have two rescue dogs that I love to snuggle with. Um, and that's all I pretty much have been doing for two years. Um. That is very, honestly, that's a solid recap. That's a very, yeah. very the dogs especially. The oh dogs yeah, they've been good. loving the last couple of years. They're like, never mm -hmm. leave again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which you know, eventually we will do. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of, uh, in terms of like the creative pursuits, um, mm -hmm. I like to tell this little like story. So in second grade, I had to read one of my short stories aloud and one of my classmates laughed so hard that he fell out of his chair. Um, oh, wow. And he's okay. He's okay. He was okay. But in that moment, it kind of clicked for me just how like impactful words and storytelling could be. So I kind of mm -hmm. knew right then that whatever I ended up doing, I really wanted to create and inform and make a positive impact on the world mm -hmm. through words, through writing. I mean, I mean, the fact that you made someone fall out of their seat laughing shows you also had a skill <laughs> for it, too. Like a Thank crazy, you. I was not a tooting my yeah. own horn thing, but if you want to toot the horn, I'll take it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm just observing. You made someone literally fall out of their seat, which is usually a hyperbole or metaphor. So yeah, yeah no, this actually <laughs> happened. He was having Yo. a day anyway, but for sure, like it was just something where I realized, like this is, you know, this is something that can have a huge impact on the world. So I spent a little bit of time before becoming a screenwriter um, in journalism and in branding, and at some point, I kind of realized that the dream of being a screenwriter, a creative writer wasn't going to come to me on the East Coast. I had to kind of go to it. So I moved to Los Angeles. Um, short, like long story short, worked my ass off. And here we are. Um, and as far as the, the Genlock of it all, Daniel Dominguez, our amazing head writer on Genlock season two, really enjoyed one of my original scripts. Um, so he gave me a call to kind of talk through the room he was putting together. And we just ended up nerding out over our mutual affection for sci-fi and uh, specifically Ursula K. Le Guin. So he ended up putting together a fantastic writer's room. And I'm just like, I'm very thrilled to have been a part of that and to still have all of those friendships to this day. Yo, that's really cool. And it's really cool to see you on the team because you guys are developing uh, a crazy story, uh, specifically uh, a key development uh, of this episode, episode four, is the relationship between Val and Kazu. So what was important to you and the, writer, the writing team about this relationship in particular? That's a great question. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say what's really important about this relationship and any really any relationship between two um, really important characters is authenticity. So Val and Kazu have always had a very interesting relationship, um, even dating back to season one. And I think like in their own ways, they can both be really cynical and closed off to other people. And I think that mutual recognition of these traits in each other, like even if it's large, largely subconscious, kind of allowed them to connect more and more as time went on. And then in this particular episode, it really showcases two friends who come together to help each other process some 
of their own traumas and fears, um, particularly with regard to causes hyperfocused on gendered expectations and like the resultant toxic masculinity. Um, his fear of being perceived as weak or vulnerable, which he very incorrectly equates with femininity, um, results in his avatar presenting as female. And like, sure, like the mindshare has kind of been like chipping away at their walls for a while, even when it like wasn't a wanted thing. But I think when Val helps Kazu work through his fears um, and shares some of his own vulnerabilities and traumas, they actually kind of see beyond each other's remaining walls for the first time. And they, they end up accepting each other like fully for who they are. And in that like mutual consensual vulnerability, their relationship naturally evolves into a romantic interlude um, in their mind hubs. And even like, I like to say like, even with all of its complexities and nuances, their relationship at its core is really just about two people authentically connecting with one another. Yeah. And I, I, you could really tell that from watching, like, I, I don't know the, the narrative tie of seeing uh, Kazu coming from such a place uh, where well, identifying being open with femininity and having that concept flipped on his head and developing a true connection that was like, very well done in my eyes and was something I'm glad you that enjoyed it. yeah it was really cool and and i feel like that's a theme that you've been you guys have been pushing with a lot of your characters is uh dealing with like confronting fears and insecurities so not just them but could you talk about how that manifests with the rest of the genlock team like chase specifically who's been going through it oh my uh, god has he right yeah 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 for sure and i mean like so yeah we already talked about kazu confronting his fears and insecurities which he does successfully in this episode and the rest of the team like isn't quite there yet um the entire genlock team is experiencing fears and insecurities that are causing what I like to describe as like an unraveling of sorts um mm -hmm. and like you yeah. said particularly with chase um, his fear of like losing himself and his sanity really starts to come to a head in this episode. And he continues to push people away and tries to do everything on his own, um, with this, like, I've got it, I've got this mentality when he'd be much better served by accepting help from his friends, from his teammates. Um, you know, and he even elects to go it alone when opening that like terrifying pounding door in his mind hub, where he very quickly gets overwhelmed trying to handle the monster within, um, and one thing I like to point out about that, too, of note to me, is he only gets out of that monster's grasp by utilizing an unwanted mind-shared item that, in this case, Kazu left behind, which is his guitar. Um, and I think that, you know, Chase would be best served by taking a lesson from that, but not right now. <laughs> not that was something we uh, actually identified when we were talking about the episode before, is that, yo, to, to get um, the demon, as we can call him, off of him, uh, he was using items that were associated with other like uh his teammates yeah like, ah, that, was, that was that was good that, that was really like clever. the things he was complaining uh, about like stop leaving your crap in my mind and then it's yeah. like oh well that one saved you bud like <laughs> yeah yeah but yet he's been yet to put that together uh yet, not yet yeah uh, who not, knows if you will not me i don't yeah, know <laughs> yeah yeah uh i think you do but <laughs> unfortunately i don't think i'll be able to get those answers out of you today no sir uh-uh <laughs> Uh, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, eventually we come to the hard, uh, the hard, hard sight of, uh, after Kazu's complete turnover, uh, dies and is taken away from us. And it's real shocking and sad. Yeah. So I have to ask you, 
what led to this outcome and 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 phrase differently how could you do this to me <laughs> is probably a better way i could phrase it but yeah please fair question that's Explain a fair yourself. question uh <laughs> yeah. gladly i will um mm. i stand by it number one um <laughs> and, I, and i will say um i'm glad that people were shocked and sad um war is a really shocking and sad thing and it's pretty clear in season two that the fun and games of playing hero on team genlock have been replaced by the moral grayness and brutality that realistic warfare brings um and with that brutality often comes loss and grief and kazu's death is a shining example of the actual stakes of war now to kind of speak from like a character development perspective kazu oh, achieved his character need in the episode like he achieved that character need not his want, but his need. Um, he realized that there is more to life than playing action hero as a form of escapism, which um, was definitely something that he dabbled in in, in earlier episodes. Um, and he yeah, also... Robo Shogun. Yeah, yeah exactly, with yeah, Robo Shogun yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. And it's like, he really confronted his fear of vulnerability and he, and he let Val in, like he let someone in. Um, and in so doing, he served his purpose in the series. And to the, the Kazu fans, of which I am one... Um, I'll say that while Kazu is dead in the physical world, he, his identity, his memories have been basically like grafted on to the other team mm. members through Mindshare. Mm. So he'll always be a part of them for sure. Yeah. Well said, <laughs> because it, it definitely felt like one where we were, you guys already put this in such a darker place, right? And the fact that everything was already going a little too well it kind of felt like something was coming and yeah she was, was gonna drop yeah it, it was gonna happen at some point something had to give and that definitely felt like that was that point um so ultimately uh what do you hope people take away from this episode i think this episode really demonstrates though like that it's in, it's incredibly important that we as humans try to challenge our own misconceptions um mm. never really just kind of let yourself like sit idly by when you could be challenging yourself to grow and to learn. Um, and also, I think it's really important that we try as individuals to face our fears and help other people, but equally as important to let other people help us. Um, you know, I know that I have a tendency to say I can do it and sometimes I need help and I need to be able to accept that. And I also think it's like part of our human responsibility to be there for other people too. So I'd say that's my big, my big thematic takeaway from this episode. That's something uh, I felt when watching it is because it was it was there was something especially with chase and with cause of this idea of not wanting help from others whether mm -hmm. it be because you're scared of letting people in or scared of what you are um but that that really resonated with me because i feel like everyone has a little bit of that where they they don't want to ask for help yeah i think uh, it's human nature yeah. right to, to not want to appear weak and i think that's our that's our misperception of that situation like it's not you're not weak if you ask for help you're human we're all human we all need help so i think like like you're saying too just like open yourself up to that and i hope that people see themselves in these characters and realize like oh yeah like it's okay to, to ask for help and also it's okay to be there for other people it can be hard and it can be scary to experiment with that vulnerability but it's important mm. thank you so much uh for joining us crystal it is great having you and you guys have been fantastic job really excited to see what else the series has to bring Yay, thanks for having me, yeah. Kurt. It's awesome. Yeah, no problem. No problem. All right, Jen, it's that time of the week. What do we got? Sneak peeks. I want to know what happens <laughs> next. Yeah. I need to know. 
Well, Cammy's on a Union ship, so she's she's turning tail. She's she's on the other team now, I guess. She's running away. Yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. I got so we'll many questions. Who is she sending the text message to? Who, what is in the text message? What's up oh, with the I, the robot? With oh, the hey, it's my Hi. phone. I'm getting a text from Cammy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture oh, okay. of those globs. <laughs> well, to, to, to see Din's cool text message from Cammy, tune in next week. We're going to be covering episode five <laughs> of Jinlock season two. Uh, this has been Unlocked, the companion podcast of Jinlock. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, you should check out the show on HBO Max. It's an awesome show. It's a great time. Yeah, check it out. And we'll see Yay. you guys next time. Bye-bye. Adios. See ya.